Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great show for you. Actually, a two-parter. Um, it's been a while since I actually did kind of like a two-parter episode. Um, this is a special um, episode for everybody. We're going to be doing something a little bit different, and that's why it makes it special. So, everybody, if you looked at the title, um, we're going to be talking about an iconic level, the airport mission in Modern Warfare 2, better known as No Russian. And we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of the history of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the mission itself, uh, some of the controversies that came out of it, and then just go, and we'll go on from there. Um, should be a very interesting uh, episode. And then part two, I have a special guest that I will talk about at the end of the show that we had a very great discussion about not only this mission, but more. So can't wait for you guys to check that episode also. So everybody, let's jump into it. So um, the history of Modern Warfare 2. Um, this game was developed by Infinity War. Um, Jason West, uh, if anyone knows him, um, he is now at Respawn, or he created Respawn after they left Infinity War at Activision. And there's a big story behind there that you guys should be able to uh, look up and watch uh, and hear podcasts about. It's a really, it's a really interesting story on how all of that happened. Um, but uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was released on November 10th, 2009 on Microsoft Windows, PS3, and Xbox 360. Um, it also released on OS X by Aspyr, A-S-P-Y-R, on May 20th, 2014. It is Xbox One compatible. Uh, and they also did a, a, a remaster of the first one for... Uh, um, the, the, their Call of Duty. I think not. Is it Black Ops Four? I think it's Affinity Affinity War. They did. Um, this game uh sold uh four point seven million copies within the turn twenty four hours in the U S. and U K. Um, and it was known for the multiplayer as one of the best evolving modes in first person shooters. So kind of where, um, and and with that, let me preface by saying. Is that when it came to first-person shooters in uh, console, we really didn't have an analog stick or a mouse and keyboard. We didn't have that at that time. So, you know, one of the big ones that for a lot of us that know know it, um, you know, GoldenEye on the N64 because it had an analog stick in the middle with the N64. Uh, later on, Halo came. And that kind of, since it had an uh, analog stick and a directional pad, that kind of uh, evolved first-person shooters on console um, and made it become the uh, well-known series um, with that. And then Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 came. And there have been other, there have been mo uh, other modern warfare games, not warfare, other first-person shooters and stuff that done their own thing. But Modern Warfare 2, there was something about the arcadey quickness that the game was delivering. Um, it was fast-paced. Uh, fast um, you get two or three hits, and then you're out, and you respawn. So matches will feel long, but, you know, the kill ratio will be quicker. Um, and a huge number and stuff. And people just love the game. Now, as for its story campaign, 
it, it, it depends on who you talk to. Um, because like I said, more people, they enjoy some of the campaigns in the Call of Duty, uh, series, um, for me personally, and I, you'll hear this in part two, uh, another particular game is my favorite um and not so much uh this one because the campaign in this one kind of jumps around and everything because uh, you're playing different people in different parts of the world like of the story of what's happening and stuff so um this one though but people this one though for story wise it really did something for a video game narrative. It really kind of showcased that, you know, not to be afraid to take a risk in this art form. Um, because there are going to be some things that's going to be very questionable, some things that may feel or seem offensive, but it's pertaining to what the story and the premise that it is. Sometimes these levels and this design is needed to uh, portray what is really going on in this world in the in the video game world of this of that title so so you kind of gotta take it in for for what it is it is fictional um because everybody everything in here is digitized characters but the the controversy kind of came about you know some things that some people may feel like this was a little bit too close to home or this may be offensive or for anyone who kind of uh, might have some ideas of, of things like that, that they may, they may think of doing something like this. And so um, it was a really big thing. Uh, I, I, I can't say that I did beat the game. Um, I picked it up for a PS3. I got I brought it as a used copy. And I really wasn't feeling the campaign, the the mission structure of it. I pushed my way through, and I it, I was probably in a different mind frame of Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, too, because I think it was at the time that, and it was way in my backlog for a long time. And I think it's because I played like Battlefield Three, I played uh, Medal of Honor, the reboot. Um, before the before the second one, because um, I I like I said I got to Modern Warfare like two like real late like I picked it up, um, just had it on the shelf for a long time and uh, went from there, and so I I I kind of I I kind of didn't really feel anything emotional to uh to that to the no Russian level, but I do know that it kind of was a big thing. Um, it really it really set a new standard for a lot of people. Um, and when it came to the no, the no Russian thing, it's kind of raised the bar of not shock value, but it kind of raised the bar on where uh, first-person shooters and its narrative sets can go and when they can take it if they're dealing with war so when we come back we're going to actually get into a little bit about uh we're going to get a, a little bit into it uh because i think it's it's going to be interesting to break down the uh break down this level and see kind of how you know 
how it kind of plays, how it played out. And I will be right back. Let's just jump into a little bit about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, about uh, the not right fight, <laughs> I should say. Or the not right flight, that's the, ne- the next section. Um, just to break down a little bit of the story. Uh, despite the efforts of the U.S. Marine Corps and British Special Air Force uh, Air Service in, a Call-, in Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the ultra-nationalists seized control of the Russian Federation, making uh, uh, M. Zakov, a uh, major and sh- uh, straining diplomatic relations with the United States. Shortly after this, an uh, ultra nationalist named Vladimir Makarov, uh, 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 Zaki's uh, right hand man, begins a campaign of revenge against the West by committing acts of terrorism on European and international soil over the course of five years. So that's just a little bit of the premise, and then uh, it it tell it goes down and tells the story of everything that happened after that. So, um, the like I said, the mission is called uh, No Russian, and the controversy of it came from you start this uh, mission with some other uh, terrorists. Um, Russian terrorists, and you're playing as an agent that's undercover. So you go in, and when the door opens, everybody can see the guns, um, but none of the characters are designed to move or walk away. Uh, next thing that happens, you pull out your gun, or everybody pulls out their gun, and they just start shooting. So no one can't fight back. You just go in, and you shoot police, and you shoot uh kids um these uh adults just shooting all around you causing mass chaos uh with this um and as like you hear the bell ringing and stuff you just see all these dead bodies just laying on the ground um people getting out of elevators getting shot um pretty much if anyone survives you don't see it but pretty much everyone that you in concert um you have the ability to shoot at 
and you you could go mayhem. You could you could uh, not shoot them, or you can shoot them. So the option was always up to you. Uh, you all also was able to skip this mission if it triggered anything or if it felt too offensive. You they did put it in where you can't skip it because it was going to be a level that you was forced to play. Um, so that was like kind of like the just the first half of the level. Um, the second one, you know, you're fighting police and enemies and everything. And when you get to the end, they actually know who you are, uh, and they kind of betray you, and they end up killing you, leaving your body at the scene of the crime. So you you get killed, and you know that character is gone um, from that. So it's just a one shot level with that character, um, and it depending if you they were trying to go for some kind of emotional thing uh, with it. Um, it did just kick up a lot of controversy. It had a lot of discussion on creativity in games and level design, and it caused a, it caused some concern because we're in an age where, um, definitely at the time of this recording, you know, where we're still shoot seeing mass shootings and stuff like that. Um, and regardless of who the mass shooter is. Innocents are always going to die, and you can't bring them back. So, you know, at before this happened, this game happened. You know, we had Columbine, and we just had other acts of violence that happened. So it was it was a little bit too much for some people, um, but they wanted you kind of to, like I said earlier, they wanted to do something that was going to be connected to the story, and. They kind of wanted to show that when you're in a terrorist group or ideally, I should say, or allegedly, um, when you're in a terrorist group, your thing is you're going to cause uh, mayhem. You're going to uh, really affect a lot of people's lives. And you're going to prove your point by just going on a murder spree. Um You'll have your reasons and everything, but you know it's going to be something that that's going to be very hard to take in. So, but you know you get past this level, and don't forget throughout the whole, the whole game you're shooting the enemy, you're shooting all these Russian terrorists, and you just you know you jump around and everything, and you go and do the war, and depending on how you see if you come out victorious or not. Um, it's all up to you on how you take it. Uh, but because of this level right here, you know, it costs a stir. And sometimes, like we said, controversy can sell games. You know, it worked for Mortal Kombat, you know, the, with all the blood and everything. So it, it's kind of amazing to see that something, you know, of this level, uh, definitely, like I said, in this age, still be still looked at. And it's not... it. It caused controversy when it came out, and there hasn't been another game like this, or another level like this, or idea, I should say, uh, where you go in and you cause mayhem, 
and you end up, you know, fighting the police and end up being portrayed just like that. But, you know, you haven't been able to go to a place and just shoot it up and not really deal. Now, some people might say, well, that's kind of the whole premise of hatred. But hatred is different. Hatred is is kind of like a reskin smash TV, in a sense, where um, you're seen as the antagonist of the gang. And you're causing all of this mayhem. Um, you know, of if the if the roles were different, if you was a protagonist and the people that you were killing or shooting at in this gang were terrorists, hatred would have been fine because it's good versus evil. Um, where this where in reality hatred is evil versus good. Uh you are you're someone who's evil and you're shooting uh all you're you're shooting the law and you're shooting innocents who are who have nothing to deal with that character's anger um and stuff in idea so but like i i played when i played this level i was just like okay i'm shooting people i'm looking around i'm like it's fine and it, I guess I wasn't feeling nothing because it was just digitized um, models in the game. Um, and, you know, it, it it didn't do much for me where it where it didn't get me emotionally. I was just like, oh, that's just... To me, I just viewed it as a level, part of the story, and I moved on. Because I'm just like, I've been shooting digitized characters even before this level started. So it doesn't change the fact that whether I'm shooting civilians or I'm shooting enemies, the premise of the game is shoot to win, shoot to to progress. And whether I took place in it or not, at times, I was still progressing in the level. And, you know, just because I killed some innocents, don't mean I'm going not going to kill like fifty eight thousand Russians in Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. You don't really kill fifty eight thousand, but you get the idea. So it it just like it it didn't it it didn't affect me in that sense. I think it was very bold enough for Infinity War and Activision to approve of this and let it come out that way because you don't really get games who are going to take a stance on where innocents will die. You know, of course, if you look at open world games, yeah, you're going to shoot some innocents, innocent people. You're going to who do some, hit them with your car because the car maintenance are not good. You know, you're going, there's stuff that's going to happen that's going to get you a negative rating or stuff. Sometimes it's not your choice or anything. It just happens. Um, maybe the AI got in the way and everything and it just registers that way. And so, and that's, and that's kind of like how some open world games, sorry to jump on this topic a little bit. That's kind of how some open world games are. You have the option and the freedom to do what you want. So if you want to go on a killer rampage and some open world game, you can, you'll have to deal with the police or whatever that law enforcement is. And you can even attack the police if you want to. You still have to deal with them. And it's it doesn't uh, have anything 
as much to do with the story like the Norwegian level has done. And the reason why I feel like this is a kind of level, in a sense, is that it, it was so adventurous and, like, really handled very well that, you know, you are being... Uh, going on this murderous mayhem or this chaos and you are fighting enemies you it, it because it's still it's still a video game but it becomes a basic level when half of the that portion is gone and stuff you know it's 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 kind of sad though to see that people still feel like this level um shouldn't have been in the video game in a sense. And I think that's mostly for a lot of adults who don't play video games or know or know the premise of the Call of Duty series or even the Call of, this particular Call of Duty game. They don't know the story and the background of it. So they just see something, react and say something, and it is still to this very day people feel like, you know, this is kind of disgusting and everything, and uh, there's a clip that I'm going to play in the next section that you, that uh, I hope that you guys hear that you don't skip uh, because it's very important to hear this conversation and everything. So when I come back, we're going to talk about some of the reactions that kind of uh, dealt with um, kind of dealt with a lot of the a lot of these things because it's really interesting to see how people reacted and then like i said we're going to hear a voice um a voice thing of this uh, uh fox news segment yes it is fox news so but i will be right back
so let's get into uh, the next session, the reaction. So, so some of the reactions and stories. Uh, well, I'm going to read this first. Uh, this first one because it kind of this one happened actually after. Um, uh, this one kind of actually happened a week before the game came out, and this is the Fort Hood shooting. Um, and this happened in 2011. Um, the Norway attack referred to in Norway as 22 July, whereas in 22-7 were two central long wolf domestic terrorist attack by Anders Berring uh, Breivik against the government. The civilian population and a workers' youth league uh, summer camp in which 77 people were killed. Uh, oh, actually, everybody, I'm sorry about that. Um, that's a different story. Uh, I thought it was the uh, Fort Hood shooting. I apologize for that, everybody. Um, yeah, that was a different one. Uh, so I, I am actually sorry about that. Um, you know what? Uh, let's continue. <laughs> and I'll get back to the Fort Hood shooting because that one did play a part uh, in the Call of Duty game. Um, but we're gonna uh, actually, I'm actually gonna play this clip. Um, for uh from fox news and uh i'll get back to you with the fort hood shooting i'll be right back but let's check this clip out video game actually allows you to be a terrorist and kill people take a look the world has been your battlefield everywhere you go but brothers and sons the controversial new video game is called Modern Warfare 2 and it is flying off the shelves, but is this fantasy game just a little too real? And is it appropriate? Let's have a fair and balanced debate on this Veterans Day. We have John Christensen, founder of the gaming blog SlashGamer.com, and Jim Steyer, founder and CEO of Common Sense Media. They both join us from San Francisco. Jim, let's start with you. you got some problems with this game. Well, I mean, what you really need to know about this game is, number one, it's an incredibly popular game. Mm -hmm. The first, the original sold about 13 million titles, and it's a really violent game. So the real issue is... How old is the person who's playing it? It's a very well-made game. It'll, it will fly off the shelves. But there's no question that certain forms of video game violence can be correlated to aggression in, in the kids who use them. So it's really a question of the age of the user. And, of course, the game comes with a warning that, the game comes with the warning that says uh, you've got to be at least 17 years old. John, a lot of people have a problem, though, where you get to essentially be a terrorist and kill people. And it's very realistic. Uh, it is definitely realistic, Steve, but I think a lot of people don't seem to understand you're not actually a terrorist. You're a CIA undercover agent. You are infiltrating uh, a, a terrorist organization, and the game specifically says that when you go into, uh, when, you, when you work with this terrorist organization, you are, um, you, you, you are a, a, a CIA operative. And, uh, right. Well, you, you, can join the, the you can join the enemy in a terrorist attack on an airport. And, and, and so, Jim, some people are saying, you know, and you brought up the good thing, at what age is it appropriate? You know, then again, is it ever appropriate to assimilate killing people? 
Well, here's the, that is a good question, and you have to decide that for yourself. I mean, we live in a world of free speech, so you can create these games. I mean, the issue, though, for violent video games, including very well-made violent video games like Call of Duty, is there's no question that there's a correlation between video and game violence and screen violence and aggression in real mm -hmm. life. The American Academy of Pediatrics just came out with a statement about that. So it really is a call on the basis of the user, and, and in the case of someone who's a parent of a teenager, sure. which is okay. this, this game's at... Is it okay or not? The violence is the issue, All right. and that's the call that you have to make, and you need to use common sense in, okay. in terms of using games like this. And, John, I'll give you the final word. Uh, you know, it's definitely, kids definitely can pick up the game uh, if parents buy it for them. That's the big thing. Uh, I, have a, I have a buddy that works at a local retail store. He's a manager there. A bunch of group of kids came in. They all said, hey, we're going to uh, mm -hmm. get the game. He asked them if they were under 17. No. He said no to them. I mean, Retailers are doing a good job right now. It's been proven time and time sure, again. Sure, but nonetheless, guys, if you you know uh, you, you bring a game into a house, nothing to stop an eight-year-old kid from becoming a terrorist and shooting people. That's right. Uh, on a yeah, video game. Yeah, you're not game. a terrorist. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You're not a terrorist. All right, uh, John and You're Jim. not really. It's pixelated violence. It's violence. It's not. It's not real. All it's right. not real. It's John, not real. John and Jim, the debate goes on. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Not for long. Good to talk. I'll tell you. So that was a discussion. Um, realistic? I don't think so. Um, it, I, yeah, everybody, that was just, yeah, that's, that, that's Fox News. Um, I don't think the other two, the guy from Slash, I think he, like he said that, you know, the kids came in, they tried to buy the game. The managers asked them were they 17 or older. Um, they probably said no, and they refused to sell. Um, because the, of a parent buys it, you know, of course it's nothing stopping them. But, you know, definitely with me working in the retail business, we have told customers and people who are buying it that if you're buying it for under 17, that's what this game has. We showed them a ratings and everything. So it's going to be up to the parents' decision. There's a point that he said it's going to make them a terrorist. We don't know how. Um, just because you look at something or you play something doesn't automatically you're you're like that. Because cause the thing about it is just that if fuck there should be terrorists at Fox News because you're showing terrorists at terrorists at, and even though you're not controlling it. If you're watching a lot of this, shouldn't that make you a terrorist? And you have multiple viewers? You know, that's that's just my opinion about it, or my viewpoint, I should say. Um, but the 2009 Fort Hood shooting, uh, just to give you guys... Um, an idea about this. Uh, on November 5th, 2009, a mass shooting took place at Fort Hood near Keenan, Texas. Uh, Nadal Hassan, a U.S. Army, uh, Nadal Hassan, a U.S. Army major and psychiatrist, fatally shot 13 people and injured more than 30 others. It was the deadliest mass shooting on an American military base. Hassan was shot in as 
and as a result paralyzed from the waist down. Hassan was arraigned by a military court on July 20, 2011, and was charged with 13 counts of premeditated murder and 32 counts of attempted murder under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. His court martial began on August 7, 2013. Due to the nature of the charges, more than one pre, uh, premeditated or first-degree murder case in a secret crime, Hassan faced either the death penalty or life in prison without parole upon conviction. Hassan was found guilty on 13 counts of premeditated murder and 32 counts of attempted premeditated murders on August 23, 2013 and was sentenced to death on August 28, 2013. Days after the shooting, reports in the media revealed that a joint terrorism task force had been aware of a series of emails between Hassan and the Yemen-based Imam Anwar al-Alaki. Who had been monitored by the NSA as a security threat, and that Hassan's colleagues had been aware of his increasing radicalization for several years. The failure to prevent the shootings led the Defense Department and the FBI to commission investigations and Congress to hold hearings. The U.S. government declined requests from survivors and family members of the slain to categorize the Fort Hood shootings as an act of terrorism or motivated by militant Islamic religious convictions. In November 2011, a group of survivors and family members filed a lawsuit against the government for, neg for negligence in preventing the attack and to force the government to classify the shootings as terrorism. The Pentagon argued that charging Hassan with terrorism was not possible with the military justice system and that such action could harm the military prosecutor's ability to sustain a guilty verdict against Hassan. So, uh, that, that, and the, the Fort Hood one was very unexpected. So, for that to happen before the gang came out, and the reason why I brought it up is because of the shooting of this of this of this attack happening before the gang came out it was too already too late for any activist or anybody to change anything because the discs had been printed out and they had already been shipped to stores stores already had the game and they were just waiting for the release date to happen sorry about that everybody so they couldn't really go back and change anything about it now uh you know, out of out of all of this, like I said earlier, nothing came out of it. You know, kids didn't become terrorists. Uh, gun purchases didn't increase. Um, there there were more terror. There were more acts of mass shooting, in different places, um, at different times, and definitely kind of like from last year to now. Um, you know, there were like crazy mass shootings almost happening every month, a week apart or two weeks apart. And this is way after Modern Warfare 2 has happened. And the thing about it is, is that the, the definition of terrorism was used in different contexts, meaning that Depending on what your race was, you would be considered as a terrorist, or the act that happened was a terrorist attack. When uh, a white guy shot up a black church, this kid, he had just turned 21, got a gun, shot up a church, they didn't consider that as a terrorist attack. Um, 
when the pause shooting happened, they considered that as a terrorist attack or um when uh when a uh when mosque gets shot up, you know they consider that as a mass shooting and not a terrorist attack, even though it should be considered as a terrorist attack. Um, when a, the, I think a black person went on a shooting range, um, and they considered that one as a terrorist attack. I think he sh- he was shooting up at the police and stuff. Um, it, the, the term gets used differently. Um, when the white guy shot up from his hotel room down to a country concert, um, they would consider that as a mass shooting. And it's always that when, and no offense to Caucasian listeners or anything, um, some of you might agree, some of you might not. Um, but when Caucasian people are the, uh, are committing the crime of, or, or the criminal, I should say, um, of doing the mass shooting, they're never considered as a terrorist attack. When a Muslim person does it, or any other race does it, it's considered as a terrorist attack. And so the viewpoint of it changes. And because the guy at Fox News don't give you context that you're playing undercover, the one guy from Slash says that, you know, you play as an undercover agent. Um, but, you know, they they weren't hearing, hearing that. Um because they were Russian and they were going about shooting this uh, airport, they considered it at you as a terrorist. But if there were white people who were doing this, it would have been considered as, you know, just a mass shooting. They wouldn't consider that person as a terrorist. They still see him as a criminal and, uh, someone who you know caused a crime with you know being disturbing everything but they wouldn't consider them as a terrorist and you know we see that any mass shooting that happens regardless of what your race is we consider that as a terrorist attack it should be considered as a terrorist attack it because there is no motivation there should be you shouldn't be shooting people a mass amount of people like that. And, you know, the debate about guns and gun control and stuff like that, I I could actually say, check out World One One podcast. Me and Larry had a very good discussion. It's kind of some, um, I think it's some older episodes. But if you can find it on a World One One podcast that you guys should also check out, um, look up that discussion. And we really went in and, and really had a great discussion. And it was an open it, we didn't really come to a conclusion, but we had a um, we had a, a understanding. You know, we had different viewpoints and everything. Um, and we, we I, I won't say that we came to disagree, agree to disagree. I don't think we came to do that. I think it was just like it's something that we had to talk about and we had to learn. And so, um. If you can find that episode, everybody, I, I like I say, I do check, say check it out. But you know, this the no Russian level just didn't it didn't pop off 
in effect that it was going to be banned. It was going, it should be taken out. Um, I, I believe in one of the retail versions, I think it's in Germany or it might be Germany or in Russia. Um, the actual level did get taken out, but here in America, you can actually play it and, uh, it's full intention and stuff. So it, it, it really kind of just, it really excites me to see, um, how this one little thing caused not so much an upset, but how it kind of um, was able to cause this discussion in video games. We all know about the violent video game discussion. We all we all heard that many a times, but because this was a level that you haven't seen. Of course, people are going to have to report about it and give their viewpoint for it. So when we come back, we're going to actually talk about uh, some of the set pieces that actually follow in other Call of Duty games because of the No Rush level. And we will be right back. So yeah, everybody. Um, let's look at some of uh, some of the other games that kind of well, not so much of the other games, but there were other uh, titles that kind of incorporated some things. So in Modern Warfare Three, there's a truck explosion killing a mama child, and what happens is, is that you're you you have a camera and you're kind of recording. Um, the mom and the child playing 
And later on, you see a truck pull up around the corner and two guys get out and run. And, you know, the kid is by the truck and she's like, Daddy, look at me. I'm dancing. And the mom is also just like, oh, that's so cute. Uh, And the dad's just like, okay, you know, I'm coming. And next thing you know, it explodes and the child dies. Um, the mom gets knocked back. She might die, had died also, but you also get hit and you fall back. And this happens in Paris. And you see it and you're just like, oh, okay. N- nothing. I, I didn't, I looked, there might've been some controversy, but it, it, it didn't, it wasn't as big as, the no Russian level. Um, another one happens in uh, advanced warfare, and this one was it was controversy because it was comedic, it was hilarious, and it may have been kind of offensive to gamers because it was not needed. So, in advanced warfare, there's a prompt that one of the players die, and what well, one of not players, one of your teammates die. And you go to the funeral. You're still alive, but, you know, you have lost some parts of your body. Um, And you get up to the casket, and they have you press a button for respect. You know, to pay your respects, like put a flower on. Um, And then you turn around, you walk, and then Kevin Spacey comes, and, you know, you go from there. And it literally was... It was offensive in the fact that why it was needed. Why did you have to actually do a gameplay moment of paying your respects? All of that could have been done in the cutscene, but people just felt like this is stupid. <laughs> this is this little thing is not what I came to Call of Duty for. So, but it was it was kind of weird, you know. Call of Duty Ghost, I believe, had uh, had a dog in it. And everybody was just like, oh, please, I hope the dog doesn't die. I hope the dog doesn't die. Well, it seems that the dog doesn't die. But um, it seems that in the multiplayer, you can't kill the dog, I believe. That's what from what I heard. So it's very interesting. It, it really is interesting. And so Call of Duty at a time came to came to know where set pieces were happening in the game these big movie type big things happening um whether it was going to cause controversy or not was going to depend on who was going to be reporting it and how people were going to be reacting there hasn't been so much controversy uh within the game um some of the controversy just sometimes happens about the game where last year's black ops 4 didn't have a story campaign and people complained about that they weren't buying the game and stuff like that and that was the problem they had with that game but it came out so very well people enjoyed the most that it came and the discussion about the story um kind of went away but it ended up happening that the next game that they plan to showcase is going to have a story in it so it's very interesting to see uh, the discussion, how important uh, Call of Duty's campaign is in the game.
So when I come back to the final episode, we're uh, not final episode, final section of this episode, we're going to talk about some other games that kind of have some controversies that had this idea and what happened to them eventually. And when I come back, uh, we'll discuss it. Some other games that kind of, you know, had like some a little bit controversy, um, but kind of didn't, you know, it it didn't go as viral as the no Russian level, but it was kind of interesting to know about. So, um, the first one is Metal Gear Solid Two got delayed. Um, because there was going to be uh, a terrorist attack on the Twin Towers or uh, a build, some buildings in, um, in this, uh, I think in New York City or this uh, fake city that the game was going to have. So Konami delayed it because the attack at the Twin Towers happened. So they delayed it so they could remove that part of the game. Um, another one is uh, Fall of Fallujah. Um, this is going to be a game published by Konami and, uh, the developers, you know, were just like, this is game based on real life events and stuff. And some of the characters, um, they, they were using like really fought in the war and stuff. They were, they were going, uh, it was going, I think uh, it was going to be like a third person action game. So it was going to be something very interesting to see. Um, but because, uh, the it was based like on a real part of war um you know it really went through a lot of up, ups and downs and stuff and they said the game was finished but they were just never they weren't able to put it out due to the fact that nobody was willing to touch it to publish the game um 
so it just never happened i really wish though now i think now in this time that if they did publish it i think it would sell very well um i think this is could be i i feel like this right now it should be an indie title on the switch ps4 and xbox one and pc um epic game store and steam if they want to do it too sure give it to them too but i i feel like they are able to put this game out and just show the history of it and and still be able to it, it, if they were able to tighten it tighten it up or make it better they probably could or they probably can but like it's something that that would still be interesting to see come to fruition because i would have played it. if konami would have brought this game out regardless of if it was good or bad i would have played it um, another one is Rainbow Six Siege, uh, the original version, um, where white people were going to be terrorists and you were going to be attacking them on American soil. Um, Game Informer did have a cover of it and the story before Ubisoft scrapped it and brought out this version of Rainbow Six Siege. Like it was going to have where you where there were a were a bombing on a bridge and choices that you had to make you know there was going to be kind of this big thing of sacrifice and everything and to be able to call a um a bunch of people in a a bunch of white people in this group uh terrorists uh was something that was going to be different it was going to be interesting to see and everything because it kind of felt like you know a lot of people would have been like oh you know this is not this is not fair people shouldn't be you know seeing it as that you know but i was just like if they're causing mass destruction and if there were any other race they would have been considered as a terrorist group and people would have been fine with it um and we there was a discussion about you know when there is uh someone from a different country coming to america in video games to fight americans um for their terrorist or behavior uh a lot of people felt that they was wrong but if you're playing as a white person going into another territory whether it's in um israel or Istanbul or you know whether you're shooting like muslims or russians and stuff they feel like that's the right way and so, like I said, once again, it's that play on race and stuff and how the term terrorist is um, used on that. Uh, last but not least, black. And reason why I brought up black uh, is because they left the game off. It's like you kind of got to the end section. You fought this, uh, you fought a boss, but they got away and they were still alive and you, they never got to finish the story about it and i was i was kind of interested to see um where this character and this terrorist uh attack was going to go it would have been interesting to see uh, how it played out but yeah it, all in all the no russian level i feel like it's a iconic level um i'm glad that uh the fantasy war created put it into video games and you know we'll we we may see something like that in the future who knows um but for right now it stands as a historic level it's very iconic i think there's no one else who would be taking to uh, taking a risk like that in games. Maybe, maybe in the future, or 
we'll see if we'll see if something like this does happen um what people will say about it you know will it will there's going to be connection and relations to the no russian level but will it still get that coverage and controversy that the no russian russian level do and i don't think so i think this is a one and only uh a one and done i should say but it's still um just did something for video games and for um just for a level just for being a level in itself so when i come back everybody um i'm going to give them some plugs and that'll be the show and i'll be right back You guys can find more optional opinion on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, um, and now you can also check it out on Spotify. Yes, everybody, I am, I am on Spotify, so you can check me out there. Uh, also, got got a couple of announcements and stuff. Um, you guys can follow me on uh, Twitter at that retro code. You can also email the show at my op two comments at yahoo.com. Kind of want to know what you guys thought about the no Russian level. Um, how do you guys reflect on it? Um, if you played it at the time that it came out, what was your thoughts? Did you, did you like it? Did you have no emotions to it? I kind of want to know what you guys think about it. Um, the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. You can like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at HH Podcast Show. And you can subscribe to them on YouTube. Uh, now, Simon's Cake is available, is officially kind of got put to rest, or it's on hiatus, I should say. Uh, and the MVC Video Game Book Club. Uh, Secret Friends Unite, though, is still around. Uh, you can check out their podcast on Podomatic, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Secret Friends U and subscribe to their YouTube page, Secret Friends Unite. And they also have a video game podcast also, so you guys can check that out. Um, now, uh, I am going to be reaching out to get some new plugs and everything, some new shows to uh, the, uh, to broadcast. Um, and I will be doing that after next episode, not this part two, but at the following episode. following episode is the season finale of Optional Opinion. I'll be starting a new season with uh, a new theme song, more guests, 
um, and great topics all for you, uh, you guys. Like I said, I do apologize for it being a way. Um, and uh, there's been things brewing, I should say. Uh, of course, I, I mentioned work, but everybody officially, I can't confirm that um, I am on a new network. Uh, Nerds Gone Rogue Radio uh, is, I have. Me and a couple of friends have left that network. Uh, it is what it is. Um, and we started a new one it's called Codename NX, um, the NX Project. And uh, Corey, Derek, me, Jesse Douglas, and Ray Apollo, um, we are uh, the team that makes up uh, Codename NX. Um, so we'll be doing new shows. Um, coming together, having great discussions and topics and stuff. So shows like Pot and Play and Nindy Showcase and more stuff, um, we are bringing over to Codename NX. Um, they're going to probably fall under different names um, at that time. Um, I I can't say that uh, um, NGRRadio.com, you know, was kind of my second home in a sense, and it's sad to see it go. Uh, but you know, we we're moving on to better and brighter things. Um, uh, we're being more creative, more open. Um, Arsenal X and Nintendo Podcast, pod, uh, Nintendo Pod Block, I should say, um, has merged to get together to the NX show, um, where we'll be talking about not only Nintendo Xbox, but uh, we could talk about Sony PC or any other thing. So we now have a big range, um, and uh. In case someone can miss it, we still have a three-person team, or we'll have a four-person team, um, and we'll be recording every uh, Saturday that we can record and get out these episodes for you. Um, I'm going to be getting more information a little bit later on because we were still getting things in the process. So once we get everything settled, I will be plugging that for you guys to check out. Um, but like I said. Um, there's going to be more stuff that I am going to be uh, giving to you guys. Second of all, everybody, the uh, Backlog Bash blowout, sorry about that, has officially started. Um, I am going to be playing, um, and what it is, if people don't know, is that I take a game and play it for two weeks. And within that two weeks, uh, I give it that time to beat it. And it's just games from my backlog. Um, and I play one game per, uh, you know, per system. So, with this one, though, um, I'm focusing on Xbox One, uh, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. I'm not doing 3DS, and I'm not doing mobile. Um, what I am doing this year is that I'm going to be taking a game and giving it three weeks instead of the two weeks. So, I'm going to be playing one game for uh xbox for for three weeks i've been playing a game for ps4 for three weeks and i'm going to be playing something for nintendo switch for three weeks and what's going to happen is that in august i will be talking about what i've been playing now i haven't been successful because i have been playing other games but there there are games that i did finish though and there are games I didn't finish because I started playing other stuff. Um, but I did pick up um, my three games. Uh, so for um, PlayStation 4, I am doing Neo. 
for Xbox One. I am doing Master Hunter World. Um, getting through that. And for Nintendo Switch, I will be playing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yes, everybody, I haven't haven't finished it, but I'm going to be dedicating three weeks. I did get far, like I said, in the Wii U version, but I didn't get far uh, again in the Switch because I was playing different games at that time. But I will be playing that. So um, the way that that one is working, and I'm going to give you guys a timeline. Uh, I'm going to be starting with PS4 first, and then I will be going uh, to... Uh, Xbox One, and then I will be finishing, uh, I will be finishing, um, uh, with Nintendo Switch. So, from June 1st, uh, to, uh, to June 22nd, I will be doing, uh, Xbox, I mean, I will be doing, um, Neo. From June 23rd, uh, and I gotta go down. Uh, because, uh, like I said, from June 23rd uh, to June 14th, it's going to be uh, Monster Hunter World. From June 21st to August 4th, it's going to be uh, Switch. So I will be doing those games. Or August 11th, I will be doing, I'll be doing that. Um, for for breath of the uh, breath of the wild, so th- times might ch- there might be a change in dates uh, because I was still writing it out and stuff, and I forgot <laughs> to uh, put it in my calendar. I should say, um, but everybody, that is what I will be doing for the backlog bash. Also, the video video games volume five is going to be officially. Uh, coming this September, definitely to Codename NX. So you guys will be checking out the blog for that project. I will be having guests. Uh, I might be doing more uh, podcasts. I definitely will be doing some writing. But I'm going to be getting, I think, a lot of more uh, guests for the podcast um, and having those one-on-ones. Because I think with the topic that is at hand, um, we're going to be having a lot to discuss about some things, I should say. I, I'm sorry, everybody, I cannot reveal it, but I will be talking more about it in August. Um, at this at this point in time, I'm getting everything planned out for the writing portion, and then I will be going in to do the podcast with everybody and get all of that ready to go. Um because right now, Codename NX, we're still trying to get that up. Um, and once we get the blog system set, uh, I'll be able to go in and get all of that created. Um, so I can't wait to uh, this project to come out this year. This is Volume 5. I'm so happy. I got some guests, uh, some returning. Hopefully, some going to be new. It's, it's really going to be a great topic. You guys do not will not not want to miss it i'm also want to plug world one one podcast that you guys can check us out on twitch and at Podbean and follow us at world one one or world one underscore one podcast at on twitter um come check larry josh Dylan, kathleen and i when i can make it um as we discuss video games and other things in the nerdy community um, so, um, with that, everybody, I want you to have a great week. Have a great weekend. And 
listen to part two. I have the one and only Kyle Deuce. I call him my Call of Duty guru. Uh, Kyle Deuce from Happy Arbor and Johnny and Deuce. He sits down with me and we have a discussion about the No Russian episode uh, level and some more things that you guys will find. So that with that, everybody, I will see you next time on Optional Opinion. Get ready because we just got, I got a lot of things coming. Um, and hopefully everybody, I will be getting back into my streaming um, so I could do the Let's Learn series. Um, so, and because I really want to get back into it. So, with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And I am out. Peace. The music in this episode, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, opening titles as the intro. Music Break 1, Modern Warfare 2, Soundtrack 11, Remember, No Russian. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Snowmobile Chase, Piano, by Akmigon, A-K-M-I-G-O-N-E. Modern Warfare 2 on Fox News, Game Swag. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Boat Chase, Drum Cover, Death Stark. D-E-A-T-H-S-T-A-R-K-E DJ Robin, Modern Warfare 2, Dark Instrumental Beat, Robin Johansson Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, U.S. Army Rangers Victory Theme, Guitar, The Format Studios And COD Modern Warfare 2 Soundtrack, White House Battle, Mark Tesselin as the ending